0: song? Well, I don't know. That's very funny, Hardy, because it's your show. Here's something even funnier. I wrote that song, and I still don't remember what it is, or rather, I kind of remember it now that I'm hearing it. The theme of the show tonight is going to be songs or things that I wrote and recorded for the show that I don't quite remember, or rather, I didn't remember until I heard them. Now, I sort of remember doing it, and that's that's it now I'm going to say it again, No, I'm not because it was a very long title, and the longer a title is, the more descriptive it is, but the less memorable it is, so, for example, the Michael Mann movie, The Keep, oh, that's a short title. What's it about? Oh, good Lord, I can't remember something scary, and there was the fella from Hill Street Blues was in it. that actor, and you're yelling at his name because he's a household favorite. He was the. Sergeant on Hill Street Blues that you all see in the morning, your homeroom teacher. And there was a one on for four years before that, but he passed away. And he used to say, Be careful out there. And I say that too. Hey, be careful out there because there's lots of things lurking. And you turn to the radio a lot of times or television now or social media to have people tell you what to be scared of. I'm here to tell you what. be not scared of because it doesn't exist. So I'm just going to say things that aren't true and that aren't real and they can't cause any fear. Isn't that true? Well, they could if I insisted they were real, but I don't. I insist they're not. We are propagandists for the imagination here. That's meaningless. And we love meaninglessness because it's locale, really, for the soul. If you're going to be taking something in, you want to be make sure it's it's pure it's good like food but if you're just going to be not eating doesn't matter what you not don't eat and that's what this show is aimed at so anyway I went through all my files and I make songs sometimes for the show sometimes I just do them see I am compelled to put things together and I make compositions I am a composer well that's very lofty I didn't say I was good You can describe yourself as anything you want in the world because there's a whole slew of adjectives that could go on there and modify it for you and make it more truthful. But you could say you're a musician. You don't have to be good at it. People always say that. Oh, I'm not really an artist. I bet you are. I bet you just suck. And that could be. You can be both. Oh, my goodness. You're never not a human being, but some people are miserable, horrible human beings whose days we count because they're bringing us suffering and grief. But then there's others who are what they call stellar or like a star. We have so many stars. I'm not. I'm not a star. Gosh, I just I just want to be ordinary. Ordinary like a diamond. And that's not very ordinary. It is kind of. I'm bored with them. Aren't you? If I was wealthy, I'd be. I'm so bored with diamonds. What do you want? What, you want to hunt humans? No, nothing like that. I want to. Gosh, what do I want to do? Watch television. Everything else I'm so bored with. Well, I like to make things, and I make them for no reason a lot of times. Now, having a radio show is fantastic because you say, well, I've made this weird song, and now I can do something with it. I have the type of, I don't know what it is, debilitation or superpower, where I watch something. Let's say I watch a bunch of Gilligan's Island, and I'm like, I am taken with this background music. It's just blending in. But there's just so much bassoon and it's used to such comic effect. Oh my goodness. That bassoon's having a good time. And I wanted to do that. So I will go into my recording program and pull up all my things and I'll I'll do something Gilligan's Islandy. And then I'll think, Well now what do I do? I'll have a radio show. I will have my characters be on an island or something I do like that. So those are things that you're gonna um uh hear this evening. Or I get ideas for songs. and I think I'll have somebody from the show do it, and that'll give it some context. So this first thing I'm going to play, I played some of these things I played on the show, some maybe not. Some are variations that didn't make it on, like that first thing is a slowed down version of something I did use. Sometimes I'll just do different speeds of things and say, what does this sound like? This is amazing, aren't you? It's not, though, because nothing, I, it's, it's pointless. But I'm just telling you things that I'm doing to pass the time before I die, which could be a long time from now. So I'm just, that's why I'm spending so much time on it. And this thing coming up is, uh, there's a a song, a bunch of artists have done it. And it's, um, uh, the, the ink is black, the page is white, the world is black, the world is white. Together we learn to read and write and things like that. Sometimes we do. So I, I thought, well, somebody's probably done this before, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to take the W from, from white and and an A from black and say the world is whack, and just loop, the world is whack. And I thought, well, why am I going to do that? And I thought, well, maybe Lou can rap over it. Now, never tell anybody these things because that's they're all they all sound like terrible ideas because they are. But then you wouldn't do them if someone said that. Say, hey, I've got this idea. It's gonna be a rap musical called Hamilton. And they go, oh, that's is it a parody? And say, no, it's a real thing. And then you do it and my gosh, it hit. Now, some of that's very rare. Because a lot of times it's more like me, and I'll say, I want to do this. It's he's rapping about someone's saying, No, don't do that, please. And then I'll go ahead and do it. Because I'll think, well, why don't they want me to do it? Just because I'll embarrass myself? And I think, well, that's a a great reason to do it. Because I'm always looking for spiritual uh, challenges. And one of them is surviving humiliation, which is a very good one. And then if you can do that, you can learn a sort of compassionate detachment. Where you really feel for people. And at the same time, you can't be harmed you've already been harmed or something you're just a big pile of humiliated mush and then you feel now I am truly free um, but that's the case a lot, a lot of times and I, I think that's all, that's all right you know there's all sorts of ways that you can spin your life to make it seem like you're a, a spiritual master or something well here is Lou doing the world is whack,
1: the world is whack. The world is
2: blind. The world is blind. The world is blind the world is whack. That's a fact. I looked it up in a stack of crack magazines a while back. You said Hoboken, I thought you said hack and sack. In that case, here's a Big Mac and a pack of Phillips Golden Blacks. I can hear your lips smack, I can hear your heart attack. You don't lack like subtlety, fellow school of hard knocks faculty buddy. What'd you think was gonna transact? Anyway, Jack, I got clackers from the 70s gonna smack your skull, send a crack down the side like a Fontenelle or Liberty Bell. I'm gonna goof on your product's name like a Spiegelman wacky pack, like I'll say ICAC for iMac or Star Burps with a pick up a guy belching Alpha Centauri. Sorry, not sorry. If it hurts, you should use it more. Go have a light snack and eat a lamp. Hardcore fakers lie on beds of liquid nails, shaking to make it look like a trance. Tip: stamp your website on your old business cards instead of printing more. Lick the floor like a beagle if you're bored. I got more, but there's a time limit for reasons I'll ignore. Suffice it to say, I like it that way. Nice of you to stay. Most leave by now. Hey, there's a thing after the gig if you've no big plans. With wigs and fans and French royalty, sands, suntans, and pants even if you don't leave early evening and can make it to the part where the king gets naked and the world is wax the world is wax
0: Now, I couldn't tell you for the life of me the context of that. I don't know the show that I worked it into or what I was trying to say or what, you know, I'm sure Lou was done and they said, hey, do you like my new rap song? And Butchie said no, you shouldn't have done that, that kind of thing because a lot of times what you're hearing is my inner dialogue and not monologue because there's little characters saying it in my head. They're all represented. There's this sort of star chamber of self-criticism going on in there all the time. And Very few advocates for me. Sometimes my representative doesn't even show up. And there's just voices in my head arguing against me, which I'm against. I think that's who needs that. And it can be absolutely paralyzing the way any kind of board can be when you set out to do something. You know, have a project, you all have to run that by the board. And you think it's never going to get done. If you're running it by a whole panel of people, and I've always thought that about the entertainment business. Like, oh, how does anything really get made? You know, by the time it's, well, we have to run it by a lot of people, some of whom are very powerful morons, or, they, or, or they're nervous, or they're very concerned with money, or they have no real uh, concern about uh, art or people. Or, and so you think, well, that, God, that, this is how does anything get made or done? I bought a house one time from the Salvation Army, the way people buy coats. It had been a manse, and the major had lived there or whatever. And so I had to buy it not from an individual, but from a nonprofit corporation. And that took a very long time because I all had to meet and everything, not that anybody objected to it. It's just that, you know, even something like that, you got to wait for the next board meeting. And so so when I want to do a song, I go ahead and do it like, what are you doing this for? Is it going to be released? I go, no, And there's never anything is not ever good enough to, for, for for that. Well, are you going to use it on uh, the show? I don't know. Or are you going to make it a pretend theme from a non-existent TV show or something? Who knows? So I just do the song. Sometimes I'll uh, show them to friends and, uh, but I don't let anything stop me. Like, oh, well, that's a, why are you doing it? Well, those voices are in my head, but I just pretend that they're speaking another language. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I don't understand you. And there is no, in the land of self-critique, I do not allow Duolingo. I don't want translations. I don't want those voices. I have the ones that hold me back from doing wrong, I hear very loud and clear. But the ones that are there to save me from futility or embarrassment or anything like that, they're pointless. I don't need them. And not at this phase in my life anyway. So here's the rest of my song um uh calling Elmer Doo Doo, which I shared a little bit uh with you before, but I've now finished it. And it's very exciting. And I took myself out to dinner, uh, for finishing it. And and uh and there you go. And now and it has won countless awards. It hadn't, though. See, that's the thing. I don't need that. Yes, you do. I don't really, though. I need like little things. It really is the little things, and a lot of them. And this is why I relate to my elderly beagle more and more. Are food. My beagle is down to just food, nothing else. my toys to play. Nothing. We are just food and sleep. I mean, he's still full of uh, energy, but all that energy is directed at getting and begging for food. And I love that. What a great spirit. So basic.
1: That was Calling Elmer Judu coming into number three. And now,
2: a doggy death dedication.
0: No, that is, oh, what a dream that would have been. Have Casey Kasem announce my my song. And, uh, but so that that's one I did for you.
1: Thank you,
2: Artie. You don't have
0: to thank me. Um, just pay me lots of money. No, don't do that either. My goodness. So I just had, you know, you had that in you. And like anything, like a s- stone, sometimes we have to pass kidney stones or whatever. And other times, it's songs or a lot or novels. Novels, someone has to get out of them, just like excrement. And then they they say, "Don't you want this? Don't you want to spend some time with all my my thoughts?" Like that, I say, "Oh, I guess so." <laughs> Here the this is I I think this is better. I don't know why, thought, but you can't throw it across the room as well as a book. If you don't like my show, but you can change the channel, I suppose. I don't know how many of you are listening on a proper radio tuner. Probably not as many as there used to be. I know there's one old timer who listens to me on a crystal set, and I think that's so that's so amazing. And then there's a space traveler who I don't know listens to me. They set they try to Describe it to me, but it just sounds like there's a thing in their head, in their ear that that, that they could pick up radio waves like the same way we can hear screams or something. I'm not sure how that works. So another th- here's something else I composed. I was um, listening to a lot of Bob James, and I don't know if you know Bob James. Uh, he did like Nautilus and things like that. Well, why would I know that? Well, now here on I need to taxi. But you would know him because he's the number one most sampled musician in hip hop, and um, you, you hear him everywhere. Um, doot, 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 doot. So I was uh, listening to a lot of them, and I thought I thought it'd be funny if we did a thing where Lou had composed some '70s smooth jazz that then Butchie stole and made into a rap song. And then my friends went, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I go, it's oh, a great idea, is No, no, no. So uh, I did it. And uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was fun and great. So I imagined it was called, because I was looking through all these Bob James titles, and I thought, oh, a good Bob James title would be called Nugget or Naugahyde or something. I forget what I thought it was called. Maybe it was Naugahyde. But um, maybe he's got one called Nugget. Maybe that's what I thought about. But... And and so uh, you know you get excited about something. You hear a sound. Sa- that's the way. See, I guess painters learn to paint that way. You know, you copy other people's things. You see it and you go, I wonder if I could do that. And I do that with music a lot of times. I'll hear something. So if I hear, I did that with Scooby-Doo. I was listening to all that Scooby-Doo. That could have been. Delicate. I get them all confused. They all are Adam's family. Uh, but. It's great m- music, and I wanted to be able to recreate it or you know, hear how it's put together and then go do it. And parody is a good way of doing it, just copying. So I wanted to do that. I thought I'll just listen to it and try to recreate it, and then you learn a little something about music. And I'm, because I'm somebody who enjoys learning things for their own sake, which is a good way of doing it, um, and it gives me fun, I, the discovery, the excitement of discovery, the euphoria – of being able to do something that you didn't think you'd be able to do, you know, did that come out of me? That's just as exciting, um, you know. If you're if you've studied for years and you're making music, that's great, and you still get those moments, I'm sure. But when you just approach an art or something, and the first time you make something that sounds, you know, pleasing to you or interesting to you, it's exciting. So here's nugget uh,
2: nuggetless. Here's a bit of my 70s smooth jazz song, Nuggetless. Here's Butchie's rap song, Lynchland. Sweeping up the bar, the creep in the car. This time you saw too Jamie far. Room, 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 the red room. Some kind of soul tune? Log lady, log flume. In the Lynch theme park, parasitic Twin pink launch soon. I said launch, not lynch. Far out, space, these nuts don't flinch. I got a low brow, okay? Steal your meager cow, okay? Total ripoff.
0: You know, the way that people in the past talked about their ancestors or their parents is the way a lot of people my age talk about Far Out Space Nuts or Gilligan's Island or something. And that is because there was, at least for me, some confusion about where the television ended and my life began and everything. You know, television was in still basically in its infancy when myself and my peers were uh, subjected to it uninterrupted a lot of times, just plop down in front of it. And because, here's the thing, you know, with the Internet, parents should monitor what their children are seeing on the Internet, and that is a good idea. And so, you know, if you're really paying attention, you can, you know, you should be there. But the television, you see, there was this assumption that everything was fine because there was such censorship and everything. There wasn't any really uh, racy stuff or bad words or anything like that. So you'd think, well... The child can just watch this without me there to explain anything to them. So what happens is exactly like F. Pinocchio. Because when you're left alone, like you're watching your cartoon and, you know, everything's going fine. And you're watching some old innocuous Popeye from the 30s because they haven't bothered to, you know, they're just showing you stuff. That they showed your grandparents when they were abandoned by their parents. Go to the here's a nickel, go to the theater, so that kind of thing. And you're sitting there, yeah, you watch your Popeye, and then in between, you are subjected to just absolute hard core propaganda for products, just unbelievable psychological manipulation of the highest order. The kind. You know, basically designed by Edward Bernays, the nephew of Freud and the, you know, the godfather of, of PR and ad campaigns and just these things absolutely designed to drill into the psychology of very young people. And boy, oh boy, that went on uninterrupted so that uh, Madison Avenue, they call it, to make it nicer. Um, was just absolutely inside of all these heads, and you know what they did? You know what it did? It what did it do? Well, just look at people my age. It I feel infantilized. I feel still like I feel it made me a perpetual child or something. The most basic, my first most basic lessons had to do with sugary cereals or something or some sort of desire like immediate gratification or begging my parents for a certain cereal which you can superimpose on the the world and see that that same uh, strategy people use for God or the universe you know they stomp their feet and they cross their arms and they demand something and I've got to have a pony the frosted kind Oh, I thought you meant an actual pony. No, little pony, little edible ones. And so you had to go, you know, ah, because it's all driven by the products and everything like that. And all the cartoons are just there. They're just there so when the parents poke their heads in the room, they're everything's all right. Yes, I'm watching the cartoons, but they're not watching the cartoons. They're watching the advertisements. Ooh. And people would cross over, right? So I'd see, like, oh, there's Charlotte, Charles Nelson Riley. He's funny and silly. Oh, now he's selling me a pen. See, so they're the, you know,
2: I'll get a pen because Charles Nelson Riley is
1: funny.
0: And that just sticks there forever. And then those uh, figures and those images, they have sway over you for a long time. You you have to, to get them out of your head, The like the real people have to commit heinous crimes. So you go, oh, well maybe, maybe that's not my dad. Maybe he's just a bad person You're trying to sell me uh, ice cream novelties. I'm trying to be as vague as possible talking about Bill Cosby. But that kind of stuff, oh, oh, my goodness. But anyway, I watched a lot of television. I still kind of enjoy it. And and you start enjoying it. You go, "I I enjoy it like in a campy, ironic way. And then you realize, you come to realize, I enjoy it because I'm absolutely, I'm empty and shallow. And do I embrace this? No, I'm trying not to. What I've been doing, though, is I, for a while, I went on this kick where I was writing my own themes to old TV shows. Now, it kind of started with parody. It was like, oh, I'm going to make it sound like it's Bob James or something. I think that's where it started. And then I was like, oh, the heck with that. What if they just gave me the show and said, Hardy, we want you to do a theme song for this new TV show. I said, I'm on it, man. I've done theme. People have done that with movies and everything. I've been approached so many times. Only one time. Thank you, Chris. Has anybody actually used my music in in their movie? So I do appreciate it. But uh, they certainly have been, I've been asked to contribute. Um, But uh, I'm not, so if you do have a television show, I don't know who's listening, but I'll do the theme. And I don't know how good it'll be. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So uh, this is one I did for Gilligan's Island, and I made it a lot more serious because I thought, I don't know that this was, this was treated with too much frivolity, I think, the original. Tragedy often strikes at unexpected times and in unlikely places. An ordinary island boat tour, the type tourists take every day. The sea is like a dream, and you sail off in search of peace. But the sea, the sea is unpredictable, and when those summer storms roll in, they are fierce and merciless. And they have taken the crew and passengers of the S.S. Minnow, never to be seen again. Among the missing and presumed dead, Gilligan,
2: the Skipper, a millionaire, and his wife,
0: a movie star, a professor, and a Marianne. island it's a tragedy it couldn't be seen as a tragedy and um very interesting not really yes and no oh my goodness you know the ss minnow was named after newton Minow, who was the you know, tv is a vast wasteland guy who just recently died so i guess tv showed him it outlasted him um only the good die very old but younger than tv this uh coming up what is it what I forget what it oh i know what it was so i've been listening to tv recently and i was i guess i was listening to the mandalorian or something but even before that i thought hey i who would have thought that like the most sci-fi other planet instrument would be like the bass recorder or something or like a giant did you reduce size uh, shakuhachi flute or something so i've slowed down i wanted to do like a mandalorian thing so this is just the raw sound effect and i'll just let it play i'll talk over it so i i i slowed down my recorder it sounds like a scary old I picture like a japanese movie where there's a guy walking in the desert maybe it is like vaguely kurosawa kind of nod right right the samurai is walking across the desert and he used to be in a recorder combo where everybody had different size of recorders from the very small and they play i mean they played Obviously, they played like Zeppelin and things that actually have recorder in them. But they would also do just kind of spooky new age things, too. And now he's lost. The poor samurai in the sand. And he collapses. But now we see he's not a samurai. He's a space samurai knight, warrior knight. And that they can, I don't know. You know, I wonder what the, they say that what the medals are and everything. But they hold up against zappers, space zappers and everything and they don't really describe what the technology is. I bet people really into that that have an idea. I think I know what we're looking at, but I don't. It's just laser beams or phasers. I guess they're phasers. We have those in music. We use them. We do a lot of things. We do phasing, um, but it doesn't hurt anyone. You know, it just ends up sounding like Richie Blackmore or something. So you can do it. When you do it in music, it's harmless. I guess there, there's music that isn't harmless you know like a lot of there's a lot of broadway stuff especially the older stuff <laughs> oh that really hurts me if i have to i'm i don't know what it is about uh, music it, it really does make people have strong opinions though it's really difficult to say very few people go oh, i like all music i guess you're thinking oh you're not thinking very hard about it if you don't have an opinion It is something that almost demands you to say what you think. You know, oh, I like that. Hey, that's peppy. People comment on it without being asked if they are moved by it. Hey, what's this? And uh, if it's really bad, you go, oh, what's this? Tom Waits? And go, yes, it is Tom Waits. It's time to leave the party. Okay, I got the hint. So stuff like that, you know, and um, uh, but. I don't know anybody who's just not affected by it one way or the other. I don't like to be super critical of, of particular artists because I fear them. You know, they can—they have money to sue and everything. And what do I have? Just my opinion. No, that's not why. But I know it's—it's. It's, uh, I'm not sure why people like certain things, and and bless them, if someone can get joy out of something, I hate to, to crap on it. But I will if it's. I might if you put it on at my house or something. I'm not against criticism, you know. I just don't think I have any part in it, right? I mean, I think I'm for critics, I think. I'm just not, why would I, why would you care what I thought in particular? And especially don't ask me what I think if we're friends and you're in a band and I've just gone to see you and you go, what do you think? Because I'm not going to, I mean, it's probably going to be a lie whatever comes out of my mouth. So I don't know what to say. I want people to lie to me, pretty much. But I don't ask what did, what did you think? I just stand there and go, Oh, that was okay like that. And they go it was incredible. It was you were great.
2: Really you think so?
0: But I can tell. I've uh have you if you're a performer or everything, you ever gotten off stage and, and you go, Man, I don't think I'm so good tonight and people go, Oh no, you're fine Oh you thank you, but I don't believe you. So I guess as a you get it, just I really wish we would all be better about lying to our favorite performers and just uh, you know needlessly flattering them. They don't need us to bring them down. I always thought that there's a certain type of personality. I I think they do it with relationships too. That they feel like their their job is to bring you down if you're too if you have too much self confidence or self love or, or you think you've done something right or something like that they feel like it's their job to set you straight you know bring you down a peg you know you're just a little too self-satisfied um that's never anybody's job that's not a job in my opinion that's not a job i got some harsh words for those who would freelance in it uh Cause, gosh, I don't know. Maybe you're trying to just play some kind of psychological game, you know? Where I go, well, I respect you. you're the only one who'll be honest with me, but that's not what it is. It's a, ab- it's abusive manipulation, <laughs> it's like that. Don't, don't ever fall for that, you know. I'm the only one who'll be straight with you about your music. Stick with me. You suck. No, 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 no. no. And then you get it's a thing, and then you try to perpetually please them and can't. And mm-mm. no, 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 no. I just absolutely surround myself with very, with benign flatterers, not benign ones, but like, you know, ones that, like if you were hanging out with the, like the, uh, some um, enlightened um, spiritual person, and they, uh, and, and you were like, oh, you know, my, my guru's here or whatever, uh, w- you know, what'd you think of the show? And they smile at you, and they go, it's t- creation is joyous or something like that. You go, oh, thank you. Yes, you can be happy with me, for me. And, you know, there's no reason uh, to feel like you need to temper um, my joy or, or something that may be, uh, you know, my, my happiness. It really is threatening uh, when we love ourselves. So there's the, those who just can't handle it. And it's horrible to have to tell people to you know to do it in secret you know especially because it doesn't come out when you go well you should love yourself in secret well, that doesn't sound good you know what i mean but you should you know sometimes you have to you go oh, god i gotta pretend not to be self-confident and i think very uh people you learn this at uh at at very young ages, I have uh, women friends, especially, said when I had to pretend not to be confident and smart when I was younger, and people didn't were threatened by it or something. You know that must that must end. So that's I'm just saying I'm I'm here for you to uh, to understand that Hardy wants you to to love yourself enough to to do and and make and create and and be without feeling like you're failing at something that has no success or failure in it really you know so uh i I hope i'm i'm i want to i want to liberate all my friends so that they can feel um the the real uh joy of invention and composition and and play. ladies and gentlemen Bunny's Bar and Grill would like to present the swank. Okay, I totally remember what that was from. So that was a bar on this, I uh, did like a Gilligan's Island thing. It was actually an homage to Return to Gilligan's Island, I think it was. There was a couple of reunion shows and one of them, I think they went back, I hope I'm not imagining this, but I hope I am. They went back to the island and they opened a hotel and I thought that'd be great. So I did an episode where my all the, the the crew was stranded on this island, but then they went back after they got free, they had a parade for them, then they went back to start this hotel together, and that was at the club at the hotel. And that was, and I was remember I was proud because then the next scene is that like EQ'd, like, so it sounds like it's in the distance, and it's them outside of the club talking. So I was, oh, boy, I'm getting really good at this. I'm going to get hired for one of these BBC radio shows probably to do all of it by myself. No, they wouldn't. That doesn't work that way. Really, I'm not looking for a job at this at this point in my life. Uh, I am though. No. That's so. I'm always am. We're always looking for work because you know we live in a day and age where you're going to work to the grave. So uh, keep that paycheck coming in. I'll even need it posthumously because they make you pay for the casket and everything. So uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not afraid. I'll. I'll find it. Here's uh This is um This is just. Um, this is a weird one because this is just typing but it's me typing it's not a sound effect I bought or anything note to self remember to get ribbon for mom's 1960s royal the one on which I type a lot of high school essays including such things as essays tests lists I don't know padded but this is the type this is the same typewriter and I'm very glad I kept it uh, it's an old gray it's what they paint cars and it looks like Nardo gray it's what they paint some sports cars in now but it's uh, it's an old royal typewriter and it's what they call manual It wasn't electric or anything you hit it and it's a mechanical device And uh, I I still love them. I think they are coming back. People like to play with them and everything. And I can still get ribbon for it. And so I've used it in uh, when I'm doing like old Rockford files or something. You know, Rockford, get in here. I'm typing up a report. Uh, In reality, in the 70s, they might have been using uh, IBM uh, Selectrics already, which are crazy with that crazy space ball on it that has all the letters and symbols in the world. On a ball. And if it doesn't, there's other balls. You just put another ball on. And then it'll do italics or another font. It's amazing. And it's just balls zipping around like that. I don't know who thought of that. I had a a really terrible typewriter briefly in college. It was a thermal one. And it typed on thermal paper, which is hilarious. Because, like, uh, you know, your professor could go, I got your essay. Unfortunately, you know, I stuck it on the radiator, and now it's all, it's black. So I was just wondering, it, did you redact the whole thing, or is it on thermal paper? So that didn't work out too well, um, but I had that one for a while, and um, uh, so those don't really, the sound effects on them aren't any good. That's the thing about uh, sound effects. Sometimes they're not exactly what you, um, I'm trying to, let's see if I can, uh Find it. I had a on this Gilligan's Island when I remember there was a an an airplane. It called for an airplane. It called for an airplane. Me, I'm calling for it. I see here in the script I have written old rickety airplane. So I needed like a uh, an engine sound, an old prop engine, and I believe that this coming up is my lawnmower slowed down. So. Um, I was wondering if I could rent your plane, old timer. Uh, what do you say? I said I was wondering if I could rent your plane, old timer. Let me shut my plane off. What did you say? I wonder if I could rent your plane, old timer. What did you say? So something like that, and uh, oh, that was great. What great fun! And that was—I went to a lot of work for that episode, and I remember it not at not being good, or so not not being good. No, that's not it. I guess when you put a lot into something, you you, you have expectations, and they're just the worst expectations are. That file was labeled Resort Gilligan, which uh, must have been for that episode. This one coming up, uh, it said, um, O-S blank, blank, uh, blank, uh, gong. So I think what it is. Oh, yeah. That's when you see a scary, ominous thing like, oh, no, here come the, you know, the coming off of the boat onto the shore to come get us. And so that's uh, that's what that one's for. I don't know what's inspired by it might have been inspired by Doctor Who or Gilligan. I went on a thing with the Doctor Who and Star Trek. So you'll hear a lot of like. Uh, And this one's called Suspense. I'm not sure what this is. Ah, yeah,
1: I'm sneaking around. Shadows.
0: Oh, yeah, that's suspenseful. One time uh, for um, my birthday, I think it was my birthday, my friend John got me a cameo, one of those cameos you can pay a celebrity to say hi to you. It's freaky. When it first started, it was freaky because people would get, you know, something in the mail for you. And and it, it'd be, in a, it was Nipsey Russell. Um, Nipsey Russell was long dead. I don't know who it'd be. I don't know. It's you know? so a Hans Conrad saying hello to you, your name here. Oh, he's also dead. It's live celebrities. So I can't think of any live celebrities, but I know there are some. Well, he couldn't either. So he he got John Davidson, who used to be on, I think he's on Real People, and he hosted Hollywood Squares for a while. Maybe the other fella died. And he would, song and dance, man, big, bright smile and good hair. And he is his thing now is he's still alive, so uh, he got me one of these things. Now I don't know if you're supposed to cut it up and sample it and use it on your radio show. I think it says don't. Um, but here's here's something I know for a fact: he doesn't listen to the show. So that's that's great. So I'm probably okay.
1: A miracle nutrition, Hardy white. A miracle Nutrition. Hardy White on WFMU. Uh, hi, this is John Davidson. This is uh, an older John Davidson. Uh, anyway, Hardy uh, White,
0: congratulations on Miracle Nutrition. That's about a great title. On WFMU. On WFMU.
1: Miracle nutrition on WFMU. Hardy white. Miracle nutrition. Hardy white. On WFMU.
0: Hardy white. Hardy white. Hardy white. Hardy white. Hardy white. Hardy white. Yeah, we are hot. Yeah, we are hot. we are hot. I love, uh, I like that. Um, isn't that great? I was so, so excited by that. Anytime you want to do that and pay somebody, I don't, you try to find somebody obscure that only I would know about, only I would know about. I'm the only person my age. You know what I mean? So somebody that was, had a, like somebody that was on a sitcom for like a year, like the guy who was on Taxi just the first season. He was one of the regulars. I don't know what you're talking about. See? Something like that. Um, And that'd be exciting to me. I love that. I love that lives are so, sometimes they're so long. There's all sorts of stages of them. You can do all sorts of things. I used to think that as a kid, you know, because of the television, I thought, was I on the Brady Bunch? I mean, maybe, you know, I have some really vivid memories. Maybe I was on the show. So that would happen when I was very young. And that seems healthy. Well, now, coming up is one of the favorite things I ever did. i played this a lot of times. I don't know why I love it so much. Did you ever do something? You think, well, if I'm going to be known for one thing, I've done hours and hours and hours of radio. And you'll think, well, I, I can think of a lot of things that I like better than this Hardy. I can't. So the following clip is the uh, favorite thing I've ever, ever done. And it's on the Best of Lou um, CD, which was a premium from a couple of years ago. And... Uh,
2: Hello, information. You have reached the Universal Library Hotline. Hello. The Universal
0: Information Library of Possible Worlds. State your question.
1: Hello.
2: Your question was, hello. Not below, hello. What is not blowho? What is not blowho? Calculating answer. <phone rings> blowho Headquarters, may I help you? Oh, hi. I was calling the Possible Worlds Library and I accidentally asked what was not Bloho. Things that are not Bloho are like trees or rocket ships or clouds. Okay. Bloho makes a variety of products for human beings, but it's not a company. Is this a riddle? No. I mean it's a universal benefit organization. Bloho makes everything from craft beers to fine porcelain decorative art to farm machinery all for free and paid for by King Lala's endless imaginary wealth. It's funny what you can learn from a misunderstanding. You mean it's funny the reality misunderstanding can create. I love getting the wrong number. Here's a wrong number for you. 2147483647. Four,
0: I just feel like that encapillates encapsulates, <laughs> I'm making up words, everything that I stand for, everything that I believe in creatively. So, uh, you know, I'm very excited about, about that, that I made that, and that I can now die in peace because I, uh, because of that. So there you go. If you don't think that's the, you know, you might have a favorite thing. I'd love to know what that is. And, uh, I probably already played it a couple of times you're going on 11 years or something I'm going on 12 years now and uh so I thought I'd never do that I go, oh, I'm never going to play the same thing twice oh <laughs> no, yes you will no I won't yeah because you know you spend like 12 hours on three minutes or something and you're going to want to play it again here's another this is another uh sort of um uh, artist statement I'm a composer primarily. A lot of people think of me as an actor. Actor. Or nobility. Nobility. And I'm all those things, but I assure you my principal pursuit has been
2: composition. Composition, composition, composition. Not just music.
1: Music!
2: But anything. I like to put things next to one another with thought. A lot of times, those things are sounds, but not just. Not
1: just sounds.
2: When we are together like
0: this, I can put objects and light next to things like sound and music. Not just I first came to live here when I didn't know what to do with my life. I had climbed the job ladder straight from shoe Store Manager, but... I had other aspirations, and so I moved here in hopes that proximity to creative people, to free thinkers, would free me. And it worked to a large extent. But there's so many artists here, it's like a prison for artists. I'm locked in an apartment building with poets. Granted, I've worked it into my own art. But. There are monotonous ramblings of madness. Did I find inspiration, well, well, inspiration means to breathe in, and frankly, I'll breathe in any
2: Anything is air for my art plans. Oh,
0: what is he I uh, talking about? It's funny, I, I, uh, Hans Conrad is such a part of the show and everything and again you know it's certain things probably maybe from Bullwinkle or I don't even know you know maybe that's why Edward Everett Horton makes appearances on the show as well you know that stuff is really deeply in there you can when we learn language very very early uh, it's through mimicry and you're mimicking the sounds, the accents, and everything. Nobody comes into the world with you're not genetically predisposed to have like a regional accent. You listen to the way that people around you are making vowel sounds and they do to they too, And you just speak the way they do. it's 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 mimicry. Well, when you're very young and you hear um you hear you know, Hans Conrad over and over again. then it gets in there I, I, I bet, right? And the same once upon a time, Everett Everett Horton, because he told many stories, and I listened to them. And so you can your voice falls into that. Well, you don't have the voice that sounds like you do that. Everybody's voice, you do imitations and everything. Everybody can do different sounds with it, or you wouldn't be able to speak other languages. And you can learn other languages. And the best times... Uh, uh, you know, somebody was telling me I was learning some Japanese phrases, and they just said, try to sound Japanese. You listen to all movies and everything all the time. You know, do the, you know, don't be worried about doing an impression or anything. That's the sounds you want to be able to make. The same thing with French. You go, oh, I feel like I'm doing a fake French accent. Well, if you try to do your own flat voice when you're speaking French or something, it's going to sound heavily accented. So you want to speak without an accent to
2: imitate.
1: Odie Odie I love you.
0: That was my Eurovision Song Contest song from three years ago. I think I played you my ones from this year. Um, But that was the one from from three years ago. I do one. Every time there's a Eurovision Song Contest, I do one. I put it out there. I know we're not in Europe, but, you know, either is Israel or whatever. There's other countries in there, right, that are not. um, So there you go. Kentucky. Let's let's get in it, let's do it. I wouldn't mind joining. Why can Kentucky can join the EU? You go well. We you're gonna want to be under a government from the. We don't have to. We could just say we're doing whatever they say. It's so far away. Who's gonna check? I mean, when the when the boss lives out of town, I mean that feels ideal. So you know, um, I like that our government's so far away physically. <laughs> Just a bass line that was sitting there in my sound file. Oh my goodness, you are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope 919 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, and online on WFMU.org worldwide freeform radio, the way the bridge is sounding on the cannabis. Eh? <laughs> hey, that's the way you like it. And uh, my goodness, I'm so blessed to be with you every week and I'll be with you all summer here and I'm very excited we're going to go places together we're going to free our hearts and feel joy and nobody's going to tell us we can't I love you friends have a wonderful peaceful blessed healthy week
1: Was Ebony, a name was mahogany, twins name 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 was Ebony. You look so So beautiful beautiful tonight. tonight. I'm so glad you came over to see me. me. Hello, baby. baby. You look so beautiful tonight. Tonight. I'm so glad you came over to to see see me. Hello, baby. The end of the world. Don't you know that yet? It's after the end of the world. Don't you know that yet?